this week on The Wise Guys. And play into your mental psyche and as well as play into, you know, how you become and as well as how you see yourself possibly getting out of it. And I say all that stuff to say, you know, this young lady and myself, we didn't end up working out and she started affecting my mental health because I noticed that she started manipulating me. She started making me seem as if I was a bad guy because I wasn't there for all her problems. She started saying that I was just as bad as her father was or her mother was. And it made me realize that, you know, and, and I'm not going to lie, it, um, she would put her hands on me. Like the relationship got to the point where it was very physical. She would hit me. She would put her hands on me. Um, I'm, and I'm not going to act as if I was a saint. Uh, there were times, too, where she, when she would hit me, I'd hit her back. Um, uh, now, wise, wise community, I'm not proud of that. I don't think that any young man listening to this podcast should um, ever put their hands on a woman. I don't think it's right. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Unglad, and you are now tuning in to the Wise Guys podcast, brought to you by Flowered Concrete. Check it out. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? This is your boy, Kevin Langlot, and welcome back to another episode of the Wise Guys Podcast. Uh, wise community, just so you all know, uh, today's episode is solely me, as my dear brother and our co-host of this community, Mark Pruden, is not here today as he's out on official business, but it's okay, I'm going to hold it down. Uh, please be sure to be patient with me, guys, and bear with me, as I've never held down an episode by myself. Uh, it's kind of intimidating when I think about it sometimes, uh, but I think it'll be all right. I guess it'll be uh, not far off from me writing stories uh, in a sense, uh, you know, when I'm just kind of solo with the pen and pad. But nonetheless, how are you all doing? I normally would ask Mark that, but since he's not here this week, I wanted to ask everyone in the community, how are you guys? How's everything going? How was your week last week? How was your weekend? I hope everyone's doing good in the aftermath of this, uh, not aftermath, but like, you know, just the following closing portions of this election. I know everyone is celebrating around the country and very, very happy that uh, Mr. Biden has been voted in as our president-elect and as well as uh, Senator Kamala Harris voted in as our VP, our vice president-elect. And a rousing congratulations goes to both of them, especially Kamala Harris, uh, you know, being someone who's, uh, whose background is very prestigious. Her mother, you know, was a professor, same as her father as well, an economics professor, and her mother was a biomedical, excuse me, biomedical professor. And so she obviously comes from a very, you know, extraordinary background, especially as, you know, her past as an attorney general to the state of California and things of that nature. So I know the, 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 the country is in a very fond uproar and is just very happy right now. Um, and I'm wondering what that leaves for Trump, but Obviously, that's another topic for another day, so I'm not going to go there. Um, but ladies and gents of the community, wise guys and wise gals, today's, today's episode is going to be pretty interesting. Last week's episode, episode 40, was the art of manipula manipulation, excuse me. And today's episode <clears throat> kind of plays on that a little bit, but it kind of deviates into another sector. Today's episode, episode 41, is called Your Mental State. Episode 41, Your Mental State. All right. So as we all know, we all as people deal with our mental states in various capacities. <clears throat> some people go to therapy. Some people go to counseling. Some people see their therapists uh, once a month, once a week, twice a week, three times a week, however it may be 
for you and your circumstance and your situation. Me personally, I don't go to counseling or therapy of the sort. I feel as if I need to go. I feel as if I've uh, suffered or maybe suffered, isn't, yeah, I can say suffered, but experienced a wealth of traumas in my life that I feel as if I would love to go talk to a counselor to work out. Um, I feel as if I need to be more in tuned with, um, you know, talking to spiritual advisors as well. Um, you know, my pastor and stuff like that. But for some reason, I don't know what it is, guys. I don't know. Maybe you guys can inform me. But for some reason, I seem to be holding back from that. I really don't know why. And I think that's one of many circumstances or, or, or just, you know, points that will be and need to be discussed on today's episode. All right. So with that being said, our first segment of the day is called diagnosis. Diagnosis. All right. So I wanted to, you know, preview and as well as introduce this topic with a bit of background information. So check this out, guys. So the National Alliance on Mental Illness, right? So the National Alliance on Mental Illness uh, has a specific, uh, well, I say quote here or a specific point pertaining to how mental illness plagues those, you know, within communities, in terms of kinship, friendship, relationships, and everything of the sort, and how it affect, affects black communities as opposed to white ones. So check this out. The National Alliance on Mental Illness, I extracted this quote where it says, I feel comfortable talking with close friends, family, community members, and my loved ones about my health. 40.67% of those who identified as white answered with strongly agree or simply agree compared with 12.5% of those who identified as African American as well as black right so again i'll read that final line again 40.67% of those who identified as white answered with strongly agree or agree compared with 12.5% of those who identified as African American or black and again this is pertaining to the quotation that, you know, uh, they feel comfortable talking with close friends, family, community members, and loved ones about their mental health, all right? So this leads me to ask, wise community, what do you think? Why does that African-American, Hispanic, or Asian community struggle with the matter of mental health? What do you guys think? Why does the matter, so excuse me, why does the African-American, Hispanic, or Asian community struggle with the matter in regards to mental health? I think it's a question that we don't ask enough, and I think it's a question that needs to be brought up, like, constantly, all right? Me, personally, I really didn't know much about mental health up until, man, uh, I want to say I was about 21, 22. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel as if just even the, the focus on mental health truly didn't become this global, I don't want to say global phenomenon, but this cultural focus up until the 2010s. Like I remember in 20, uh, well, 2005, 2008, living my life, you know, as a teenager. And I don't remember, you know, the topic or matter of discussion in regards to mental health popping up often. And part of me wonders if that is because you know, it's, you know, me, I identify as, uh, 
West Indian, Haitian American, but, you know, I mean, to this culture itself, I'm sure. When I say this culture, I mean the society that we live in, this American society. I probably, well, not probably, I'm sure they label me as African American. So as a West Indian American or African American man, however you'd like to call me, I think that mental health is considered taboo for some reason in the black community. Uh, I don't know what it is in, in regards to the Hispanic or the Asian community. So if for all my Hispanics and, and all my Asians out there, please, please be sure to DM us or email the wise guys, the wise guys NYC at gmail.com to, you know, talk about how mental health plagues you or has it plagued you? Does it plague you or does it plague your community at large? I would love to hear from a plethora of voices to kind of get your perspective on it. But yeah, you know, in regards to me, uh, when I think about this, I I don't remember mental health being a conversation when I was little. Um, not at all. Not as a little toddler, not as a teenager. I, you know, when I was younger, I don't remember it being a point of conversation. It wasn't until I got into college and then even a couple of years in college, I was about 20, 21, 22, probably 23. Um, so if I say 23, I want to go back to the year of 2014. Between 2012 to 2014, this is the first time that I'm hearing about mental health. This is the first time that I'm uh, um, seeing, you know, uh, scholars uh, and as well as uh, authors, you know, write about mental health and write about how much it affects us. I wonder if it's because we don't, as, as a community, we don't want to talk about mental health. We don't want to talk about how mental health, uh, you know, plagues our ability, you know, to function, um, you know, and I, and I don't mean this in any harmful or negative way, but normally or, or to the normal conventions of, or to the conventions of society, modern day society, right? Um, man, I know for me personally, I know mental health is something that has been showing up quite frequently, excuse me, in my family. And I've seen several instances where it's affect the people I've loved, the people who I've known all my life and I've had intimate, you know, relationships with, um, whether they've been cousins you know, cl very close friends that are considered family and people that are very near, dear and close to my heart, you know. Uh, so the first question I wanted to bring up to kind of connect to this idea of why does or why do minority communities struggle with the matter in regards to uh, mental health is what is history's role, if at all, in regards to mental health within these minority communities? Again, what is history's role, if at all, in regards to mental health? health within these minority communities. Personally, I want to start off and uh, yeah, let's do it. I want to go back, guys. I want to go back in time. I want to go back in time to 1619. What happened around 1619? The transatlantic slave trade had just begun. And around the time of the transatlantic slave trade, a majority, not a majority, but uh, plenty of African countries on the continent of Africa West Africa specifically, so on that coast or on that west coast of Africa, you have Ghana, you have uh, Nigeria, you have Guinea, Guinea-Basu, um, I forget which uh, country borders the north of Ghana, but you have, a, you have a plethora of these countries that, you know, are living royally, they're, 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 they're living and flourishing in their everyday existence and way of life, right? And from there, you have the Europeans 
uh, coming in and, you know, as the, their oppressors. So when I say Europeans, you have the Dutch, you have the French, and you have the British who come in and colonize these territories. And not only do they colonize these territories, they take these, they take these African people, right? These natural-born African citizens, and they beat them, they brutalize them, they, they harm them, they shackle them. Right. I know when I went to I went to Ghana back in 2018. I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I went to Ghana back in 2018 and I visited two castles in particular, the Elmina Castle in Elmina, Ghana, and as well as the the Cape Coast Castle. And both castles were actually controlled and ruled by the Dutch. And there they were and within those castles, um, the slaves were not slaves at the time. They were the African captives and they were kept in those slave ports uh, for about 30 to 90 to 120 days at, at a time. Um, and, you know, back then, obviously, we didn't have planes. Right. In the 17th, 18th, 19th century, we didn't have planes yet. Planes weren't invented we only had boats and the boats could only travel so far right so i think if i'm not mistaken don't quote me on this but it would take about approximately 30 to 60 days to travel front and back um uh from uh, i'm lying probably 60 days front 60 days back to travel from uh, the coast of west africa to the united states and, and and back right so 60 days um yeah, I would say no. It could be. It could even be ninety days, but somewhere between sixty to ninety days back and forth. So it would be like a an hundred and eighty day journey back and forth. So this is like, like what half a year? Yeah, one hundred and eighty days. That's about a half a year, guys. Just about half a year. So imagine being stuck in these slave cells. These these cells were, were these dungeons that were underground for about half a year. These people were already being traumatized just by wondering what was going on. How could another form of civilization come in and, you know, strip them of their rights, strip them of their liberties, strip them of their agency and their existence. But this is what happened. So what happened after they were then transferred and transported from the west coast of Africa, right? all the way to the United States of America, all the way down the strip of the East Coast from, you know, Massachusetts, South Carolina, all the way down to Florida. These people were disenfranchised. These people had their original cultures. They had their original ways of communicating that was very complex, very uh, sophisticated in nature. And now they're being, you know, they're being stripped of all of their history to serve as a form of uh, uh, services and, 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 and as goods for their European uh, captors, right? So that obviously is one main piece, I think, that affects the black community specifically when you think about mental health because, you know, although there were, you know, a majority of slaves who tried to, who conspired to rebel against, you know, their captors and, and the captains on the ships and whatnot, you know, ultimately you know, they, 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 many things happened. They either were killed, they were shot down, they were thrown off board, or they jumped off board the ships themselves because they couldn't fathom or, 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 or come to rationalize the idea of being held captive and being seen as another, as, as a piece of, uh, as a piece of good, as a, as a commodity, right? As a form of commodity, for a civilization that had no connection to them prior, right? So they would jump off the, sh the ships and kill themselves. And, you know, the, 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 there would be sharks 
that would follow the um the the ships for miles and miles on end because it was just these sharks were waiting for the next fresh meat to jump off right so a lot of these things are part of the innate dna structure of the black body of the black person and their existence a lot of these things you know destroyed or you know decayed their mental health and and definitely um uh, contributed to the de the deterioration of these people's uh you know just mental health and their ability to 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 be in a good state in a good standing um sorry about that i, I i'm sorry if i if it seemed as if i rambled guys but i'm here with you guys um, but yeah, all of these things, you know, you have to think about all of these things and put these into perspective in terms of why we as a society are where we are today. Um, me personally, I think I grew up in a really good household where I really didn't have to deal with a lot of these issues. I was very fortunate and very privileged to go up with two parents um, who nonetheless were still very hard on me as they, you know, put education first. They wanted me to do well in school and they wanted to make sure that, you know, I, uh, achieved something great for myself. And I put myself in a position where they felt as if coming from Haiti, you know, they didn't lack or they didn't sacrifice for no reason, you know, that their son and their daughter, you know, were able to take what they gave us and still made a way and made ourselves better and, 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 and just basically leveled up, you know? Um, became something that they would have been proud of and known that, you know, with their hard work, you know, we came to be something that they could have only hoped for um, in the search for a better life. So I remember for me, my first experience with mental health started in 2013. I was dating this young girl and I know I've brought this up plenty of times prior on the podcast, but I'm definitely going to, you know, give you more perspective today. I was dating this girl uh, she was uh, graduating high school. I was probably in my third year of college, I think, second or third year of college. I was about four years older than her. I was about 22 at the time. She was 18. And I remember just, man, like, uh, and again, this is not a slight to her. You know, um, uh, I hope she's well at this time, uh, even though we don't talk anymore. Um, but I remember being blindsided by the many burdens she carried as a young woman of color. I remember she had a um, a single mother who would curse at her, who would um, speak down upon her. She wouldn't speak life to her. She would speak down upon her. She would curse her out, right? And she would say that, you know, excuse my language, she would say that she wasn't shit and that she wasn't ever going to be shit. And sometimes she would even curse her out with the F words, the F bombs and all this other stuff. Sometimes I would hear it on... on, on uh, um, speaker I almost said voicemail sometimes I would hear this on speaker and once she would hang up she would cry to me and she would say you see why I don't talk to my mother you see why I don't want to be here anymore you see why why I want to go to college out of state and stuff because I can't take this this is ridiculous you know and I was just like dang it man she's really going through a lot you know her father wasn't in her life I think he left her uh, when he was about three or four and he uh would go in and out right into her life and not and um, she ended up uh, fleeing and running to, uh, not running, but she ended up fleeing and just going to um, an HBCU, Howard University for that matter, you know, because she just wanted to get away from her family and she wanted to do college in a very different environment. And sometimes, you know, with that being said, the fact that she went to college, to college for four years and she left uh, New York, it led me to wonder if, 
you know, I know some kids go to college because their parents push them to go and they want them to get a good education and they want them to do well. But also to wise community, I wonder if you have a lot of kids that are very smart, but that grow up in these low income, uh, impoverished neighborhoods. Right. I wonder if we can also attribute them wanting to go away is to escape the poverty, the trauma and as well as the negative effects that their families or the their communities itself holds over them, right? Like imagine if you are constantly um, navigating dysfunction and chaos, right? But you have dreams and aspirations to do well, right? All of those things, right, can play into your mental psyche and as well as play into you know, how you become and as well as how you see yourself possibly getting out of it. And I say all that stuff to say, you know, this young lady and myself, we didn't end up working out and she started affecting my mental health because I noticed that she started manipulating me. She started making me seem as if I was a bad guy because I wasn't there for all her problems. She started saying that I was just as bad as her father was or her mother was. And it made me realize that, you know, and, and I'm not gonna lie, it, um, she would put her hands on me. Like the relationship got to the point where it was very physical. She would hit me. She would put her hands on me. Um, I'm, and I'm not going to act as if I was a saint. Uh, there were times too where she, when she would hit me, I'd hit her back. Um, uh, now, wise, wise community, I'm not proud of that. I don't think that any young man listening to this podcast should um, ever put their hands on a woman. I don't think it's right. I wasn't raised that way, but I just remember at one point my back being up against the wall because I would let this girl hit me and sometimes she would, you know, slap my face or punch me on the arm. When she punched me on my arm, I was like, all right, fine. But I remember one time she slapped my face and I remember one time I, I hit her back. I, I'm not going to lie. Wise community, come on. You know I mess with y'all. I keep it real with y'all. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, I, I, I'm, I know, I know, uh, Mark, you know, is someone, you know, who, you know, is, how do I say this? Mark is someone, you know, who, you know, he, he appreciates you all and he doesn't really delve into the personal as much. And I respect that, you know, because that's who he is because he's more, you know, someone who's straight to the point gives you what you need to know, and he'll give you just enough information to kind of have you process things. Me, on the other hand, I give you all the emotion that I possibly can because I want you to be able to understand, you know, how I got to be where I'm at today, right? There were, there were uh, a myriad of different things that led to me being um, um, who I am today. And that's okay, you know, whether it's Mark, whether you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, all these other people we've had come on the podcast before, you know, from Anais to Teresa to Jean, Jimmy, not everyone is going to share their own personal life or their stories in their own way. And we all have to respect that. But me personally, you know, I share my story because to me, I, I want anyone, there's, there's definitely a ton of men who are going through these things and, you know, I'm not perfect. And I feel as if they need to be able to hear someone else speaking that truth and sharing um sh sharing their 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 story so yeah i would put my hands um on this girl as well in self-defense whenever she'd hit me because i just didn't like the fact of her touching my face slapping me punching me a woman should never never ever 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 put her hands on a man 
as much as a man should never put his hands on a woman, right? Just because you as a woman are feminine and you biologically aren't made to be as physically imposing and as <clears throat> strong just as us, it doesn't give you the license or the right to hit someone. Men, I'm going to say this to you right now again. If a woman ever thinks it's okay to put her hands on you because of the fact that she is a woman, leave her. Leave her. Do not stay with this woman. Leave her, okay? A woman should never put her hands on a man as much as a man should never put his hands on a woman. So yeah, so this girl would put her hands on me. And I just remember just being, um, and, and not just put her hands on me, right? She would verbally assault me um, and, and just verbally abuse me. And, and it got to the point where I would verbally abuse her back. I noticed myself changing, wise community. That's the point that I'm trying to get at. I noticed myself changing at the drop of a dime. I noticed that Kev wasn't there no more. Me, Kev, right? Like, those who know me as Kev, like, like you know, chill, laid back, cool, very smart, geeky, nerdy, funny, um, you know, swag, right? <laughs> I, I, I try to, you know, do my thing and I combine all those up, whether you see me as Steve Urkel, Stefan, <laughs> or uh, Dwayne Wayne from A Different World. Shout out to my girl, my baby. She, uh, she, she, she uh, told me I, I remind her of uh, Dwayne Wayne. So uh, since then, I, I, I kind of took to that uh, comparison. Shout out to you, babe. Um, but yeah, like I, I think about, I think about all these things, and um, <clears throat> all those things led to all those situations, all those hard times led to me uh, becoming someone who I wasn't, and it started to affect my mental health. I changed as a person, right? When you hang around toxic, negative energy, you yourself become toxic. You yourself as a person, you become toxic as well, especially if you are in a relationship with someone who comes from a very toxic environment, a very negative environment, and a very detrimental environment. That will also be a detriment to your mental health and your well-being and your existence, guys. Um, so I just remember just dealing with all that. And now later on, I talk about this more in my book, my book that's dropping next year. Um, I'll talk about it, you know, for season three. But I talk about this in my forthcoming poetry, essay, and photography collection book. I talk about how being in this state with this girl led to me breaking up with her, right? And then when I broke up with her, um, I didn't notice or I didn't know that she was stalking me. So let me clarify that. When I was with her, I would always get all these text messages, text messages that, you know, um, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're cheating on this girl. You don't really want to be with her. I see you with other women, which wasn't true. Not in the slightest. Um, you don't really love her. You know, you'd rather be with other people. Why do you treat her like that? You know, and I dealt with that a lot. Right. So a lot of this stuff, in addition to being with this girl, you know, being stalked, um, you know, because at that time I was probably being stalked for about, I want to say started November, 2014, uh, for about three years, I, I broke up with this girl in August of 2017, uh, officially in August of 2017. And so that was going on three years, uh, of our relationship, right? That I was being stalked with, with these, uh, unknown text messages and they were saying some foul things around that time. I was also in the process of breaking up with my girlfriend 
right? Because I had just gotten my Teach for America gig. And ladies and gents of the wise community, it was so bad, the relationship. It, got, it had gotten to a point that I knew if I had stayed with her, one of us wasn't going to make it out alive. I, I kid you not. I shit you not. Seriously. Um, I don't know how even within that toxicity you even think that you should marry or be with someone of the sort. Like, it was, again, this was so bad that I thought that I wasn't going to find anyone else for myself. And she would often tell me that no one out there other than me would support you. Think about it. You're a young black man who likes to read. You're a nerd. You're very smart. You don't have a car at the time, right? You don't have your own place at the time. Who's going to want you? Who's going to want you as who you are? A lot of these girls, a lot of these women, you know, they're, they like men who have it all together, have a house, um, you know, has a car, stunting, right? And at the time, I was about 20, I was between the ages of 23 to 25. So that ate at me. And it kind of ties back into our episode of The Art of Manipulation, right? Last week's episode, episode 40. I started to believe... Excuse my language. I started, to believe, I started to believe I wasn't shit. I started to believe that I wasn't shit because of the fact that um, this, this, this woman was the only person that, was my, that, 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 I could possibly, that I could possibly be with. Excuse me. She was my only available option because she was the only one that was there. Um, and she made it seem as if she really cared for me by doing things for me, right? Um, but yeah, she made it seem as if she was the only viable option for me. So what did I do? I stayed. I stayed because I felt as if I had nowhere to go. But again, we stayed together. We got together uh, September 2013. So we were going on four years. We were a month shy of four years. We were going on four years, uh, wise community. Um, and going on the fourth year, I told myself, I got to get out of here because if I stay with this girl, either she's going to kill me or I'm going to kill her. That's how bad it is. It's that bad. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why, but I just can't see myself with no one else. So I have to marry her. Uh, me being a Christian and me believing that, you know, you date um, and you are in courtship in order to marry. Right. I'm very traditional. That's just how my parents raised me, guys. Um, I said, wow, it's going on four years. You know, even though you're 26 and this girl's 22. The pressure's on. Um, you've been together for four years. You should possibly start thinking about marriage with this woman. Why not? You've already been together for four years, even though she treats you like shit and it doesn't seem as if it's going to get any better. You might as well stay with her. Who else is going to be with you? You know, these are all these things that were going on in my head. And I was made to believe that I wasn't nothing, that I wasn't going to be anything. And that as long as I was with her, I would be a man. And if I let her go, who else would have me? And that's, the, that's kind of the place where she put me at, guys. She put me in that predicament or put me in that mindset and mode that she was the only one there for me. And she would, she would always be there for me uh, no matter what. So even though she, tre she treated me like shit and I, I basically was like um, a, a bucket mop to her. She still made. She still did things for me, and would go out of her way to do things for me when I asked her to, and would then remind me, "Oh, remember when I did this for you?" Just to make it seem as if you know she was the one. That sounds so ass backwards. I know it does. It's so backwards, but 
That's what happens. It, you know, often as people, we tend to look at our friends or look at people we know and be like, bro, why are you with her? Or girl, you need to leave him. Why are you with him? He hits you. He puts his hands on you and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I was one of those guys. I was one of those guys that would do that. I would say, yo, bro, why are you with her? Like, she's obviously below you. Like, she's not in your league. She's not in your class. It doesn't seem as if she loves you. She cares about you. She's using you or she's this. She's that, right? And I would always say to myself, that would never happen to me. That would never happen to me. You would never catch me in one of those type of situations. I said that profusely. I religiously said that from like 2012, I think. 2012 to 2013. Yeah, 2012, 2013, 2011. So around my early 20s, from 20 to 22, I would always say that I would never get caught slipping in a situation like that. Ladies and gents, what I've learned in this life within my 29 short years on this earth is that never say never. Because when you say never, you are testing God. You are testing the universe to put you in a predicament or a situation that you never thought you'd ever see yourself in. So never say never because it can certainly happen to you. And the, the final point I want to make about this topic before I move on, um, I know you, probably, you guys probably want to know how I, found, <laughs> how I found out that she was my stalker. And, uh, you know, because I did for, for a good moment, I didn't know. I did not know that she was my stalker and that, she, you know, because she made it seem as if we both were being stalked. And, you know, she started attacking her mother and her grandmother too to, through text messages faking her death, the whole nine. Just some craziness. I know you guys probably want to know how that happened, but if that's the case, you have to read my book, all right? My book, I'll announce it, you know, at the top of the year uh, when we um, launch the third season of this podcast, but my book drops next year. So you have to read the book in order to get that information. So I'm going to save that juice for later. But to close out this topic, I think there's a point to be said that you know, we often think we'll never find ourselves in these, situa in these situations, but when we do, we realize that it's not that easy to get out, right? It's not that easy when you're getting abused. It's not that easy when you're getting mistreated. It's not that easy when you're being, um, what's the word? When you're, when you're being treated like a lowlife and basically treated like scum to get out of there, whether you're a, 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 a woman or a man. And I also want to highlight men here because I think Men don't get, I know women do, and women, I'm not saying this to slight you, but men don't get the, the spotlight that they need in terms of the masses and the society at large realizing or acknowledging that men go through abuse too. Men go through domestic abuse, domestic violence, verbal assault, verbal violence. Like, this happens. This happens to men just as, a, I don't, I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't say just as much as it happens to women. But if there is not a study out there, a statistical study that, that, that exemplifies this and that shows us in nature, I think this is something that we should take a more critical observation and study on. So to all my fellow academics out there and educators that are psychologists or that work within the field of sociology can we get that going or if there if there is work that that uh um that that has been done on this matter of domestic violence domestic abuse and how it affects the mental health of men i would love to receive that information so please be sure to dm us or to reach out and uh, send us a message uh, send the wise guys a message over email, um, thewiseguysnyc at gmail.com if I'm missing anything. All right. Um, 
I want to move on to my next point here. Uh, yes, yeah, so my next question, guys, is why has there been such a stigma within these minority communities in regards to mental health, especially the black community? Why has there been such a stigma on mental health? What about mental health makes it so hard for us as a community to deal with? Why is that? I remember back in college, I remember my days at QCC, one of my closest friends, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention his name on this podcast for the sake of confidentiality, but one of my closest friends, I remember just being really cool with him. He was very cool. He also grew up Haitian like myself, very religious too, very religious. Um, but then I noticed that there were patterns with him, right? I noticed that he wasn't able to focus on things really like he wasn't able to like say okay i'm gonna become a doctor one minute he said he was going to be a doctor the next minute he said he was going to be an olympic swimmer the next minute he said he was going to focus on his ministry and, and and go to school in theology and become a pastor right and the next minute he's preaching on the train um and i'm laughing at him i'm laughing at him because he's doing things he's never done before like he's preaching on the train and then he's making analogies and references to uh pop culture and stuff like that and then one day he's preaching on the train and he takes off his shoe and he throws his shoe down the aisle of the train. Um, I think it was the two train or the J train at that. And I'm laughing, I'm laughing, I'm laughing at him because he's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy by nature, right? Um, and he talks a lot. He's a jitterbug, always talking, very jubilant, very, exci very excited all the time. Very cool dude. Um, and one of my closest friends, he's like a brother to me to this day. But at that point in time, I didn't realize that he had a problem. It wasn't until one of my boys hit me up um and, and and who you know who also happened to know this friend and was like yo kev like yo i don't know like in regards to this dude i know you rock with him bro but there's something not right with him there's something not right if you watch his videos on facebook on youtube how he carries himself there's something not right with him in terms of how he carries himself how he maneuvers how he holds himself if i was you i'd be careful with that because you don't want to get caught up you don't want to get caught up um uh, within his mess or within his his uh, um, his 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 tantrums or his 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 uh, his his levels his mood swings right his um what do you call those when his, uh, is it phases guys I don't know why asking me I don't know why I'm blanking out right now um, but his 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 state right like uh, you know how they say like if you are diagnosed with this you have one point where you oh episodes there you go you don't want to get caught up in one of his episodes and the next thing you know you're getting pulled over by the cops or whatever the case may be and now you know you're being linked into whatever hoopla whatever thing he's doing in the street like if he's like running naked around town or whatever the case may be now my friend never did that but obviously i'm going to the extremes to paint that picture for you all and to make a point um and as a result of that i distanced myself from my brother at this point um, he's not my blood brother, but again, he's, he's, he's damn near my brother because I love him. You know, we've known each other for about 10 years now. Uh, and January will actually make 11 years since we've known each other. So we're two months shy of our 11 year friend anniversary. Um, but I love this guy like a brother and it, and it hurt me to realize that he was going through something. Now, this brings me back to my original point, right? Where this happened around... 2013 2013 guys so end of 2012 so i want to say 2013 so this is a time 
in which um this is a time in which um i'm just now understanding mental health and how mental health works and how we react to mental health and how mental health plays a role or plays a part in the existence of a person right and how they and how they carry themselves and then i started realizing aha okay now i see now i see that there's something wrong here and something needs to be acknowledged right his family didn't want to acknowledge it i didn't want to acknowledge it you know his closest friends didn't want to acknowledge it at first we were laughing at him because we thought he was just being himself but the whole entire time he was fluctuating in between episodes and we didn't even realize it um and to fast forward to bring it to present day he's been through a lot I'm not going to go into more out of the sake of confidentiality of this friend. I just wanted to give a general overview. But it, it, it's, it's, it's been brought to my attention from him that he is actually bipolar, schizophren bipolar 2 schizophrenia. So that is what he's actually been diagnosed with. Uh, bipolar 2 disorder slash schizophrenia. Um, and man, I, I really pray for my friend. Um, and even when he does have his episodes, I always try to be there. But I think it's a testament that even though, you know, we've struggled with dealing with mental health in the past, I think it's something to be said that at this point in time, guys, we need to focus on mental health. We need to focus how it affects us as, as a community. We need to not run away from it and deal with it if we, our own individual selves, are dealing with it. Or if our loved ones, whether that be our friends our family members, right? Our brothers, our sisters, our partners are dealing with it. We can't just run away from it because that's how it persists, right? And I think a lot of this, again, stems back to that tr the, the trauma we experienced due to slavery and due to, you know, experiencing what it was like to be enslaved for nearly 500 years. So there's a lot with this that we won't obviously be able to cover in this uh, in this podcast, but there's a lot that needs to be looked look at looked at in regards to mental health, and you know I hope that's uh, something that we can continue to talk about together. Um, so check this out. I wanted to leave you guys with this quote before we close out uh, the show today in our final segment, uh, final official segment actually. Excuse me. So I wanted to say, so here's a quote here, guys. One third of African Americans who struggle with mental health issues will never receive appropriate treatment. Again, one third of African Americans who struggle with mental health, right? That's about 33%. One third of AFAMs who struggle with mental health issues will never receive appropriate treatment. Historically, African Americans have been misdiagnosed at higher rates than white patients and black communities have been exploited by the U.S. government and medical community in the name of medical advancement. This is a specific quote from clinical associate professor Ruth White of USC's School of Social Work. She did a study on mental health, and I actually extracted this quote from one of her studies. So again, this quote is from clinical associate professor Ruth White, uh, Dr. Ruth White of USC's School of Social Work work all right cool so with that being said i want to head to our second segment of the day 
it's going to be a very short, quick one. It's called healing, all right? So wise community, moving forward, our third and final question of the day in this second segment of healing. Moving forward, how can we as a community embrace mental health in addition to informing our loved ones amid the process? So I'm not just talking to the minorities here. I'm talking holistically. I'm talking about the American society holistically, right? And we can even say globally at this point. Moving forward, how can we as a community embrace mental health in addition to informing our loved ones amid the process? How? How do we do it, guys? How do we inform the community and not only inform them, but how do we embrace mental health all at the same time? I know for me, there's no easy answer, but I have two. The first answer is embracing it, right? Embracing it. Talking your truth. Speaking about it. Right? Oftentimes we feel, especially in the age of social media, we feel the, the need or the necessity to be perfect. To be flawless human beings. I just told you what I was going through, right? I just told you, I, I gave you guys a lot. I was in a very verbal, physical, abusive relationship. There was definitely domestic violence involved. Um, a bit of domestic violence involved. Um, you know, I, I retaliated. I put my hands on this woman as well at times. Out of self-defense, right? At one point, I really struggled with my mental health when I was being uh, cyber-stalked. And I didn't know that it was this young lady stalking me. And I contemplated suicide at one point. Uh, I don't know if I was ever at the point where I was going to do it. But I know that I could feel my mental health deteriorating at one point in time. And I had suicidal ideations for sure from uh, about 20, 2018. That whole year of 2018. I wondered if I got rid of myself, um, how would, how would the, because not only was I being stalked, my mother was being stalked, my sister, my entire family, friends, right, um, people who I didn't know when I went to Ghana, you know, people who I got together with on the trip, my cohort when I was doing my educational um, leadership program out there, um, my, my, my roommate, who uh, probably still is, I'm not too sure, but was a Yale graduate student at the time, was going for his PhD. Um, we were at odds because of this. Um, and I lost, I lost a lot. I lost friendships. I lost relationships. Um, my business was affected for a time, Flowered Concrete. Um, I think I'm now in the process. I think we're now in the process of recovering uh, slowly but surely. We're, we're, we're definitely not where we were at before, um, 2016, 2017. Right. Because when you're going through um, stalking, for, um, for instance, and I guess I'll probably flesh this out on another episode down the, li down the line if I ever talk about this. But the one of the main goals of a stalker or someone who's abusing you is that they want to isolate the, uh, you, the victim, from your support system. They want to make you feel lonely. And that had me to a point where I was honestly contemplating ending it all. Honestly, if it wasn't for my my girlfriend and a very good friend and mentor of mine's, and if it wasn't for them helping me figure out who this was, that being my ex-girlfriend, I honestly don't think I'd be here with you all today, wise community, having this conversation. And that's mental health. 
that's something that needs to be talked about. That's something that needs to be explored. And I thought that that's something I needed to bring up to you guys because I still, I, I don't know if I still experience traumas about it, but I know I'm definitely been, I've definitely been traumatized. And I would hopefully one day like to go to um, counseling and um, more so therapy to talk about it because I've been through a lot. And I'm sure that you all have too. So moving forward, guys, how can we as a community embrace mental health in addition to informing our loved ones amid the process? I think we should talk about it. If you can't afford counseling, you can't afford uh, therapy, I think the first step to dealing with the problem head on is to admitting that there is a problem or to admitting that you, you, know, you, you might be going through something. Now, for those experiencing mental health issues and, and those who haven't been diagnosed, they, I don't, I don't want to speak for them, but I could, I could certainly see that they, could, they, that they can't see it. They can't see that they're going through things. Because I think the girl that I was dating was going through something. I don't know if she was uh, bipolar or if she suffered through uh, uh, borderline personality disorder, but she definitely had her own episodes. And, you know, again, I'm not a clinical therapist or psychologist or anything of the sort, but I definitely think that the first step to owning our placement or owning our reality is understanding and knowing that we have a problem right i think that's something that we all need to start to realize um so please if you know your fellow brother sister out there friend lover uh parent grandparent auntie uncle cousin anybody anybody who's very close to you that is going through this please be sure to Find a way to bring this up to them or to make them aware of it. Because oftentimes, guys, people aren't even aware that they might have a mental issue, mental health issue or problem. All right. So I kind of want to close this show, close this show excuse me, out today with our words to the wise segment. Even though Mark is not here, the show still goes on. So this will be a very short one as it'll only be me. All right. My word to the wise today in regards to this topic of your mental state, right? My word to the, to the wise is, I could say awareness, but I'm going to say, I'm, I, it's tough because there's a lot of words that I'm kind of debating right now, but I'm going to say realization. Realization. Um, and obviously the word real um, is uh, a clip of that, right? The word real is a, is, uh, is a clipping of that. I think many people don't realize that they're going through these issues. And I think people who might see something but don't want to say something don't want to realize and come to terms with the fact that their friend, their mother, their sister, their brother, their grandma, their auntie, their uncle, their father, or whoever it is might need help. They might need help and they can't see it. So they might need someone else outside of their body to realize that they have an issue. They might need you to bring them to the hospital, right? You never want it to get so bad to the point where they're having such a bad uh, breakdown or episode to now they're out on the street. You, we don't want that, right? And the next thing you know, they're getting hit by a car or they're running in the middle of a four-way, a four-traffic highway lane or um, expressway naked or something like that. And they're losing their mind, right? We don't want that to happen, guys. So I think realize is definitely the word of the day in terms of the word to the wise. Uh, if you have a word to the wise, what's yours? Share it with us. Let us know. Um, man, this was a great episode. This was a great episode, guys. This was a great topic. 
And yo, shout out to y'all for sticking with me. This is my first episode solo dolo <laughs> and probably the only one of the season, honestly, because uh, I do expect Mark to be here for the rest of the season, the remainder of the season. But guys, thank you for sticking out with me. This wasn't easy for me, but I'm glad I was able to get through it and I'm glad I was able to talk to you all because this is important. Your mental health is important. Doing the work is important. And that's the only way we're going to better our communities and better our society as a whole. All right. So that's our show for today. Ladies and gents, if you have a thought, a comment, or a concern that you'd like to share in regards to this topic, please be sure to send us an email at thewiseguysnyc at gmail.com or DM us, all right? DM us as well. Our DMs are open, all right? And with that being said, please be sure to follow us online if you haven't already. That's at thewiseguysnyc on all social media platforms, okay? That's at thewiseguysnyc, all right? Also, if you are on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, please, 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 pretty please with the cherry on top, leave us a review, guys. Mark and I cannot tell you enough how much reviews help. Right now, we only have about three on there, three uh, ratings and one review. Um, shout out to my good friend, Dr. Lisa Wisniewski. I, um, I see you. Uh, we truly appreciate the review, but we would love to get more reviews going. If you love the show, if you hate it, it doesn't matter. Just leave a review. You know, I think the general public would love to check out more um, uh, self-improvement uh, shows and topics of this nature, right? Shows that are always improving and are, and are always trying to help us evolve and better ourselves as people, especially Mark and myself, because we're still growing too. We are a community, but we can only do that with your help, all right? So this show is available across all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, CastBox, Breaker, Anchor, you name it. You name it, and we're there, the wise guys, all right? So for next week's episode... Mark will be back, all right? I expect Mark to be back for next week's episode, episode 42. We're going to kind of, you know, continue this topic of just the socio, this, this, the, just a socio, sociological framework of people in general. Next week's uh, episode looks at the nature and the, and, and the habits of human beings, all right? Also, guys, I'm going to have us close out with my new poem, all right? I have a new poem. Uh, I'm dropping it as a new video single. Um, on my Instagram this week, tomorrow actually. So tomorrow, Wednesday, it will be dropping. But you being the wise community, you guys are going to get an exclusive listen on all of our drops and as well as our releases and any information pertaining to that a day in advance because you are the wise community. So I always want to share the information with you guys first. But yes, 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 yes. My new poem, Captive, from my upcoming poetry collection, my second poetry collection dropping next year, 2021. I'm going to add it as a closing segment to the show today. All right. It's called Captive Guys. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you're rocking with it. Uh, send me some feedback through my um, through, through personal DM. All right. Hit me at um, Kevin Unglad 11. That's Kevin Unglad A-N-G-L-A-D-E 11 on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Let me know how you feel, how you feel about it. Let me know if you're rocking with a poem. All right. We got about two more drops, two more video singles drop in sometime in January and June of next year pertaining the book. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. And we'll see you all next week. And if Mark was here, he'd say, stay wise. Peace.
These crooked cops patrol just to put you in the lasso. Wanna lock you down like them captives up in the castle. Control you with their fear and hate, it's really hard to grapple. So you keep a tight heart lit as if you were a snapple. Living in America can truly be a hassle. Roots go deep and south, they make you really wanna wrestle. Your mind goes back and forth as you're dealing with all the drama. Got you wondering if tomorrow will you be seeing mama? Since Elmina, man, your true linkage is all the trauma. Trace your heritage like the queen, Michelle Obama. Jordan Davis, Rodney King, they sweat you out like sauna. No different from the slave horse, for that, I speak for Ghana. But let me make this clear, all I do is just speak the truth. Cause if it is not me, who on earth here will teach our youth? A daddy living all of his dreams inside the booth. While baby chick home resting in nest with mama Ruth. I say these words intently, progressing the public figure. They say that they hold weight, which means that I'm getting bigger. They say that I'm a target, society will pull the trigger. So even when I'm good in this life, I'm still a nigga.